0: to sort of like to deal with this secret sadness, to deal with this, you know what I mean, these hidden things that she's not acknowledging. And it was quite an ambitious thing to do then, and it was quite an ambitious thing to revisit, but quite pleased with the result.
1: So many of the most successful crime psychological novels recently have featured a sort of troubled female with secrets. What do you think is the allure for the reader or the listener in that?
0: Um, oh, I think a large part of it is that in a way that we're all troubled in a a greater or larger extent, and we all have secrets. We all have, like, uh, personal and uh, public personas, and we all feel conflict there. And um, I think, you know, to a greater or lesser extent, and I think that the interesting thing is um, when you look at other people's lives and you wonder what's going on in them, um, I think it's like a similar thing with, you know, the book, essentially, you know, sort of like what's going on in other people's lives um, what pressures are, they're under and, you know, and what controls them. And um, and also when because there's like quite a bit of peril in the book, um, I remember reading somewhere, I forget who said it, um, this idea that character becomes apparent once you're in peril. And I thought that that idea would be, you know, I mean, and uh, sort of like, um, you know, like loads of great literature is made up of that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that'd be an interesting thing to do.
1: So do you think Margot's a woman that other women, men, other people can relate to?
0: Well, I hope so. Um, I could relate to her. Um, she, I mean, like, she's nothing like me. You know, she's much more, you know, get up and go than I am. But, um, you know, I felt sympathy for her. I'd sort of like, I, you know, I sort of I felt for her relationship problems. I felt for her... Um, you know she wants to achieve things she you know there there are things she wants to set right there are things that she wants to do and um you know at personal risk and you know and the level of that risk escalates over the course of the book
1: mm. and we're here at audible in a, in a recording studio how do you feel about the audio version of the book
0: you know i haven't heard it but i am so excited i've got to tell you i am you know i mean i'm absolutely thrilled um, I flirted with like theatre when I was like young and the idea of it being performed is just like oh God, <gasps> you know when they said oh there'll be an audiobook I was like, <laughs> and um, I've not heard anything of it yet but I hear it's great I am uh, I'm really looking forward to it
1: Do you have a, a voice in your head for Margot and the other central characters?
0: Um, it sounds very strange but no, no not that I could um, I, ha- I do hear their voices and I have ideas of what they look like, but it'd be quite hard, really, beyond what's actually in the book, to explain what they are. Um, I think that Margot has a um, Margot's voice. Actually, physically hearing her voice would be. i be kind of hard to explain what that's like. I'm so, I d- yeah. I, I, it's a really hard thing. To, it's a really hard thing to say because, like, I can hear her talk in my head, and then I write down what she says. Um, but it'd be very hard to characterise what that voice sounds like. Mm. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And do you think there's something about the book, uh, the intimacy of the writing, that makes it particularly suited to audio?
0: Yes, I do. And the way that it's uh, d- the way that it's delivered in first person, and that confessional sense that it has going on, I always thought it would make. I mean, I would say that I was always very, very excited to hear that there was going to be an audio book.
1: What do you think special about listening to audiobooks?
0: Um... So, at the moment, I have, like, a, like an Audible membership myself, so I, uh, you know, I listen to them all the time. But the main way I use them is um, because it sounds so annoying. So, I've got this car. I can't actually play the audiobooks in the car, so it's which would be my main place to listen to them. Um, what I like to do sometimes is that I have, like, you know, certain favorite things that I, you know, that I'll play when I'm going off to sleep or whatever, and... Um, I'll play them when, you know, sort of my hands have to be free. I can't actually read. I can't actually write. And um, I, um, you know, I really, really enjoy it. There's something very primal about having a story read to you. And especially when it's done well. I read the, not read, I listened to the Kate Hamer, The Girl in the Red Coat, recently. Mm. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was delivered really well.
1: Mm. Uh, so what makes an audiobook performance successful?
0: Oh, I don't know. I think that there is... Um, I think there's probably... There is a sympathy between, you know, the actor that's chosen in the material, you know. There's a good fit there. And also, they're quite challenging sometimes, especially, um, and it's the case with Dear Amy, and certainly in the one I was, like, listening to, um, where you have, like, the same person playing different characters. It was, like, older and younger. Um, a really good fit is when... Um, There's a sympathy, you know, the actors sound like the actual characters.